It didn't take long after our oldest came home from the hospital for my vision of motherhood to come crashing down. In fact, it was at the hospital when everything I thought motherhood would be wasn't. Now it's nine years later and part of me still feels like I missed the magic I thought would exist. I have three boys and I adore being their mom more than anything in the world, but motherhood hasn't resembled that blissful dream I once had. It's hard. I meet new challenges every day that push my insanity and patience to the limits, sometimes beyond the limits. Today, I chat with author Liz Wan about the emotional roller coasters of motherhood that should drive us to the foot of the cross. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. Liz Wan lives in West Philadelphia with her husband Josh and their three children. She's a regular contributor to DesiringGod.org, Revive Our Hearts, and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. She's also editor-in-chief at Morning by Morning. Liz is the author of the soon-to-be-released book, The End of Me, Finding Resurrection Life in the Sacrifices of Motherhood. The book presents honest dialogue about the realities of motherhood. Here is some of our conversation. During my first few years as a mom, I began to see that I wasn't who I thought I was. I wasn't as patient as I thought. I expressed anger I didn't know I was capable of. I didn't have the capacity I thought I had. I wasn't able to be that mom, the one who could get it all done and never feel tired or take time for herself. I was not the kind of mom who could say, I got this. All too often, in fact, I hadn't got this at all. After reading that, oh my goodness, so I could relate so much to that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just, just so much that I I didn't realize was motherhood. Um, why do you think that the sacrifices of motherhood can feel so surprising and unexpected? Like, where do we even get the idea that it will be easy in the first place? It's a good question. <laughs> Honestly, even it's funny. Today I was thinking about not parenting, but about marriage and how... Um... How some sometimes I feel like in the culture and in the church we romanticize marriage, and I definitely think that could apply to motherhood. Um, I mean, maybe in parenting in general, motherhood specifically. I do, th- I do think it's out there. Either the way people talk, like they want to talk about all the positive things and all the things that are happy, um, and there are those, of course. But 
I just noticed that. Like I noticed whenever women, at least that was my experience. I feel like people romanticized even birth and didn't tell me about postpartum depression or baby blues. I had no idea. I know some women, they're told those things, but I wasn't. <laughs> so I think there is this idea of like, well, we don't want to talk about like the hard things or the times where it's sad or it's we fail, you know, or it's really bad. Um, and so that's not talked about. And, and I do think that there is something that's romanticized, um, either through the way we talk, probably even out in the culture in some sense. You can find ways it's romanticized. And maybe even in the church, you know, it can be romanticized too. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's just even too how it's promoted. Like I had this idea of it's this natural thing, like we're, we're women, we're like, we're supposed to be nurturing, we're designed to be that way. But so maybe there's that too. Like, I've wondered that if it's just because there's that's promoted. And then and then you have this ideal, this romanticized idea. But you forget, well, we're limited, finite human beings. And we're sinners on top of that. <laughs> so and our children are so <laughs> Yeah, so I do I do think I wonder if it's that. It's romanticized on social media too. <laughs> Motherhood and yeah, parenting. We just see the positive side of things. We don't see the hard times. Reading your reflection on your first son being born, I can relate to that too because I remember everybody talking about how wonderful pregnancy is. It's just such a gift and you've got those those gentle kicks and all of those yeah. sweet rainbow and butterfly moments. I I didn't have rainbow and butterflies. How has all of that then drawn you to Christ? Was it an instant thing where you're like, wow, I'm going to need more of God now? That sounds off, but you know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, no. Um, I, I think it took me a few months to like realize, oh, wow, I'm really distant from God now. So I don't think that was an instant thing. I think I learned that. I remember like we're more resorting to like, well, I'm not going to read my Bible. I'll just like binge watch Netflix while I like breastfeed my son on the couch. <laughs> so I think, you know, I think I I think no, I didn't at first. But I do remember it took a few, I don't know how many months, but it took months and I realized, oh, I say, okay, I think, I think I'm kind of distant from God here and like I need to like figure out what to do instead of just always watching TV or Netflix with my baby in my arms. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it was an instant, but it did, you know, I did wake up. So I, yeah, I mean, I remember telling people, it's important to tell people, you know, and say, just be honest and say, yeah, I'm kind of distant from the Lord right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm trying to figure out, some of it's just practical, figuring out like, okay, well, maybe instead of watching this show on Netflix, I should... If I am just busy, just, you know, nursing or whatever it is, bottle feeding and holding my baby right now because they don't want me to put them down, at least maybe now I can make the choice instead of Netflix to pick up my phone instead and, like, get open the Bible app or, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be anything really deep. It, it just could be, let me just read a little bit in the Bible or whatever it works because I know it's going to look, you know, just practically speaking, things like that look different in different seasons of motherhood. <laughs> But did you realize that then? Like, did you did you think at that time, like, wow, my Bible reading might not be as deep or in the same, it might not look the same now as it did before children when I could have full, complete thoughts? I think at some point I realized that, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was in that moment. 
I think I struggled with that off and on, like, oh, and I had to tell myself or read other books and, and tell myself, okay, that's right. Like, it's okay if it doesn't look how it looked before. Um, yeah, that was a process, I think, of me waking up to that and realizing that. There are some hymns that you'll, you reference throughout the book. Well, and then I actually noticed that you, you t- talked about the same hymn in um, one of your blog posts on Desiring God. Do you do, you do a lot with, with music? Is that like uh, a big part of your home to help keep your mind set on Christ as oh, well? Yeah. Uh, well, because I homeschool, like we do, we do, I, ca- I call it hymn study and it sounds so like, it sounds so formal, but all it is is we listen to hymns <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, just practice singing them. Um, sometimes we'll go a little deeper and learn about the hymn writer and then listen to multiple of their hymns. Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, I'm into hymns. I enjoy hymns. I did, I have grown up singing and being on worship teams in church, so, but I do have a, a, a fondness for hymns and want to pass that on to my children um, and, and have them learn them, and they've learned a lot. Um, so, I, I mean, probably next to Scripture, hymns are probably, like, one of the big sources of, uh, of comfort and, and encouragement for me. Do you have a, a favorite passage, um, like a specific verse or Bible, maybe narrative passage, that you find yourself running to often for encouragement in the struggles of mom? I mean, the verse that comes to mind, and I, with writing the book, this is probably, besides the whole idea of the seed that you were talking about and the, you know, the death of the seed, um, that's one concept that would always come back to me. But definitely, I think the heart cry of this book, besides that other theme, is um, in Second Corinthians 12, verses 9, um, where Paul says, but the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Like the verse that I think about a lot, thought about a lot writing this book or different chapters, realizing and admitting and accepting that uh, I'm weak, you know, we're weak, and his grace alone is sufficient. The perfect place to be as a mom is to be in a place of weakness even though we we fight against it or try to not show our weakness in general most people the majority of people don't want to show their weakness um that's what makes this verse so amazing you know that we would boast in our weakness is so not a human thing to do or you know in our pride i feel like it when you do that it's very beneficial <laughs> especially when your weakness is just thrown in your face all the time as a mom so i don't know how you can not feel weak it makes less of us and so much so much more of christ every time that i'm reminded just how like like you said in the introduction just how much i don't got it if my kids already haven't reminded me even admitting we're weak to our kids like i've i've done that and and i, I so I feel like we, we feel like we probably have to have it all together even for our children because, like, we're the parent. And, I mean, we should. I mean, we, we are in authority and, and we do instruct and discipline and teach but and train. But at the same time, we're kind of, in a lot of ways, very similar <laughs> to our children. <laughs> and so even just to get on their level and say, you know, I'm – I mean, I've done that with my son and, and he understands, okay, yeah, you're weak, okay. <laughs> I need to look to Jesus, um, ultimately, you know, and to even just 
you know, I've said that to my oldest, like, you know, mama is, I'm not always patient. I mean, you know that. And, um, or I'll point out when we're reading the Bible, reading about Jesus and how he acts, I'll just, you know, tell them that, you know, I fall short of this and, but Jesus is not this way. He is not this kind of parent, you know, even though I just sinned against you and I did that and I got angry, Jesus is not that way. You know, he never runs out of patience. Um, and just to rest in that and know that that is his strength made perfect in your weakness, even just that, being able to say that to your child and admit that to yourself, that I'm really, my goal is to point my child to their their savior and ultimate savior. You know, I'm not their savior. So you feel like you have a better handle on the understanding of needing that, like seeing Christ in that way now as a mom than you did before you had children yeah definitely (laughs) yeah I'm amazed at him more like wow he really was great to his disciples like how did he stand them I know I was just thinking like dang he's great (laughs) he has a way better mom than me (laughs) or way better parent (laughs) definitely yeah and that's why it's so great you know but that's good that's like a good thing if we realize that and see that you know that's means we're maturing and growing (laughs) we we just finished reading through the gospels and i can hear christ as he's presenting something to the disciples and once again they ask another question and you're like were you not (laughs) listening (laughs) like i yeah i'm like oh my goodness but we're like that all the time or, or, oh, I know, or Peter, I know, yeah. you know, Peter getting all full of himself, like, oh, yeah, see, Lord, I getcha. I'm like, you and me. And then mm-hmm. Christ once again, like, humbles him. And I think it's in the beginning of Mark where it talks about how Christ went off by himself in a way it was like he just needed a break, mm. you know? <laughs> he yeah, needed yeah, that he even time. got away from the disciples at times. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I need that break. I need that rest. How do we find that rest as moms? Because I believe you referenced that too. Where do you find that rest? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's a spiritual component and then there's practical components. But, I mean, I talk about there is a chapter in the book um, rest, you know, about rest and it releases our burdens. Uh, I think there's an, there's an aspect to it that at least I've learned and I do share about it in the book is just, um, a humility. There is an aspect of where it's just humbling yourself and accepting your limitations and just to realize that you do need rest. And, um, however that looks for you, I mean, we all can agree on, we need spiritual rest, but there's other forms of rest and, um, just, yeah, I I just I think even just at first realizing because I used to be like my mom guilt would get in the way of like yeah like oh I shouldn't want to be away from my kids or um or just feeling guilty about that or or maybe I'm being going away too much or maybe I'm asking too much you know time for myself or like is this too much to ask for you know I'd always have that and sometimes I still will have to fight that even though I've grown I still have to fight that thought in my head or this feeling of guilt. Um, and, um, so I think some of it is also just realizing, yeah, just realizing that we're human. And I think, and in the chapter two, I, I talk about how Christ, um, really showed us not just that he's the son of God and, and showed us what God is like, he and being God, but you know, <laughs> um, showed us in physical form what God is like. Um, but he, 
But even because he was fully human as well uh, and came in a physical body, um, he showed us also what it is to be human um, in, in a right way. And, and so, you know, just he took he took care of himself <laughs> he but he 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 probably drained himself too in serving others um i mean we see that clearly but we can miss over the fact that he did accept his limitations to an ex, to you know because he went off and sometimes he was napping in the boat and the disciples had to wake him up um you know like you said he went off by himself uh to pray um you know, we know there's some places that he had to say no to some things because he couldn't go to every town. There were towns he passed over. Uh, he didn't heal everybody. You know, he was wise about his decisions and what he said yes to for a particular reason and purpose. I think I think there's a lot moms can learn from his ministry, not just when it comes to service, you know, for, of others and the Lord, but even just when it comes to rest and accepting our limitations as humans. So I think it's just even just having that perspective shift really helps a lot. I know that that helped me a lot to um, just realize, you know, I need to live in my bounds and whatever my limitations are mentally, you know, physically, for all of us, that'll be different practically, you know, and how that looks. And and the other thing too, is I also realize if I don't set something up for myself, I kind of just go and go until I crash, which I don't think is healthy. (laughs) Probably has to go back to the like, you know, the pride of I can do it on my own and or having this guilt of whatever it is, you know. So I think even just having something just set up, like, okay, no, this is the time when I stop what I'm doing and I relinquish control and I do something else, you know, you know or I step away. Like if you have a t- particular rhythm, I've realized that that's helpful. Like, okay, this night, I, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, go off and do this or do this thing to recharge or refresh myself. And if it's set in place and then like we have to do it, it will help so that we don't crash and burn as well. Um, cause sometimes I, sometimes I would wait until it got really bad and I felt it, you know, instead of just, let's be proactive here <laughs> and like, so that I, you don't, you want to avoid the breakdowns. Well, there are moments too, just thinking about Mary and Martha, like Christ sat there and allowed other people to serve him, which I am not always good at recognizing that, you know what, that person has a ministry too. And, and they want to help me. Um, I too struggle with the mom guilt. Josh, he'll have to get after me sometimes. And he's like, no, I told you I've got this. You need to go. Yeah. Just go somewhere. Go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Go running. Go do something. Not this. Yeah, whatever it is for you. Yeah. Motherhood is just like one process after another. And I know another thing you can relate to is just how mundane life can be as a mom but it's it's so much more than just those day-to-day tasks because our heart is involved and you're emotionally invested it's time consuming but we can't skip that process and you even talked in the book about that need of we're being called to this process of the day in day out constantly saying and reminding and and all of that like how how can we see who Christ is in all of that mundane work as a mom? Yeah, I know. I still struggle with that. <laughs> That's a good question, even though I wrote a chapter on it. <laughs> um, 
sometimes, and I'm, I'm honestly, I know, like I just said, I wrote a chapter on it, but I'm like terrible at it. So, <laughs> oh just, no, I'm not. So like we so, can know something. And I know. Not be good at it. <laughs> yeah. So reminding yourself in those daily moments, you know, as I'm doing the dishes, um, maybe because you know my prayers can just be spotted throughout the day. It's not like I have a consistent like prayer time or one specific time I pray and then I'm done just to use those times to pray or, you know, bring a scripture to memory, you know, or realize, like, I feel like I don't pray for my children enough. So even, you know, sometimes I've realized, okay, I'm just standing here doing the dishes and I could just say a quick prayer or <laughs> but for my children's hearts, like, especially if it was something that we were struggling, I was struggling with their behavior with that day or, um, you know, an attitude issue. But yeah, I do think it's, it's challenging. I, this is something really practical. I mean, I don't know if it's technically I see Christ better, but it's technically it's a way that I'm refreshed and I find rest is by just sometimes changing up the routine a little bit or taking a time out and doing something different. So sometimes that helps me to actually adjust my perspective to point my you know gaze to Christ, even if it's not prayer in the Bible. It's just a change of pace, a change of routine, something small. But it, it's interesting how it can be refreshing and sometimes, in effect, point my eyes to Christ. I've noticed that's beneficial, too. I mean, I guess it's it's good to just remember that there's a point and a purpose. I think I can feel pointless. But, you know, but to look for maybe even little bits of fruit, you know, even if it's just something really small, like, oh, wow, like I noticed my oldest did something that was very mature, very kind and caring for his little sister, and noticing that's just grace at work in his life. Um, and then realizing, okay, so there is some purpose <laughs> to all this work that I'm doing day in and day out. And not just physical work, but even heart work and, and discussions and talks and, you know, discipline. So I guess maybe even just to notice to notice those things and be like, okay. And, and just grab onto them as an encouragement in that moment. They can be refreshing too. To just be reminded that okay, some of the some of those seeds that I'm planting, maybe there's something there, like some God's at work. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it can be a long time. You feel like you don't see anything, <laughs> but if you do, to really hold on to it and grab onto it and remind yourself, okay, so there is some purpose here, and there there's something that's working spiritually that I just don't see. Admitting that you're weak and you're never going to make that standard. I mean, it doesn't mean we give up and we just don't try and we become apathetic either. You know, we take it to the Lord and say, you know, forgive me, help me, change me, Holy Spirit. I think for me, it's just more of like, okay, I take it to the Lord, but I also realize, okay, there's another reminder and to humble me that I am a sinful human being and that I'm weak. So I think it's just more... Leaning into it, but not leaning into it in a way that's, you know, giving up. You still fight, but it's also just realizing I don't make the cut. <laughs> like, and just somehow just realizing it and just, yeah, and just asking for the Lord to help you. It's just, it's a day in and day out thing. To know more about Liz, you can go to LizWan.com. The book, The End of Me, comes out March 1st, but you can pre-order it today. Links to order the book are also in the show notes. I want to leave you with one last quote from Liz's book. 
The Spirit is using our parenting to shape and refine our children, but He's also using our children to shape and refine us.